0: the truth test test okay you should
1: be able to hear me now I apologize my computer just updated and rebooted so I really didn't have time to even check the settings or anything like that So let me start all over again and introduce myself all over in the show and give all my blessings to Hurricane Ian, survivors and all those, and then get into today's topic of why it's important about the top five. Now that I did my little intro, I can get back to where I was at. That's how we do it. So the importance, right? The reason why I comprise this list, because as I was saying, everybody keeps telling me you have to... Come with a list. You have to make a list. People like lists, you know, so I want to get back into the premise of why I started podcasting to begin with. And I, I want to reiterate that part because it's very important. All jokes aside. If an individual, male, female, anything in between, if an individual has been incarcerated in the American justice system for a decade or more, these issues are going to be existent out of nine out of ten of them. And, and, and tonight's topic is, is essentially for the individuals who, I'm, I'm speaking specifically for the ones who have been self-conscious, who have made changes and truly want to come home and try to be a good citizen, find peace and happiness within their life and just live their life in love and 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 peace and harmony for the rest of their lives. They're out there. I'm one of them. So with that being said, right, with that disclaimer being let out there, that is for these individuals. And this top five list that I comprise for are for serious relationships because we are good people coming out of prison. We've just been through a lot, you know, and, and hopefully this list will cover a little bit of that and give... Uh, our communities a little bit more understanding because we need love too you know we need love too but we're just so so misunderstood so with that being said let me get into number five right number five of the top no's the top no-no's of dating a convict now again convict is is uh it's a, it's a name that media likes to associate to to violence, to, you know, all the tattoos, to all the stigmatic things that we hear about that goes on in prison. You know, they like to tie that, that word convict to that type of, of stigma. Um, it's just not true. You know, essentially, all a convict is is just a person who just does their own time, minds their own business and is in their own world. Right, is in their own world doing their own time and nothing else bothers them. Like a convict can walk down the run and out of the corner of their eyes see see some sort of atrocity going on in a cell as they walk by. A convict is just going to keep on walking and knows not to even look that way into the room, you know, because it's not your business, it's not a cell that has any association to you, you have nothing to do with it. Doesn't even matter, and you just keep it pushing right other inmates will look in there or or they'll run around and be asking questions trying to 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 put them themselves involved in it because they like drama they like they like that that dramatic life, and there's a lot of that that goes on inside right that that drama, but not for convicts convicts don't want drama because we've already had that drama, we know what it brings and People lose lives, limbs, and they go home not in one piece, and, and we start to understand that, and that's when you start to mold into being a true convict, right, and understanding all of what that means, and representing that in, in the fashion, and that's why I still call myself a convict to this day, because again, it's not a prison thing, it's not, it's not something that I called myself to survive in prison, it's a way of life, it's, it's a manhood. It's it's and and people that understand that get that. Right. So. Top five nodes of dating a convict. Number five, institutionalized. Right. We hear this this word a lot. We hear this word being thrown out a lot. He's institutionalized. She's institutionalized. It's understanding exactly what that means. Institutionalized. Right. When we're coming home from prison, we've been in a system that has been designed to herd us like sheep, in and out, from the very moment we, go, we enter into the system to the moment we leave the system. The system is designed to do everything for us, right? That could be a blessing or it could be a curse. It all depends on the individual and their thought process going into that, but the system is there. and And... That institutionalization occurs over years of just doing the same thing over and over again, the replication, right? Like clockwork, because that's all we're doing is we're just burning calendars, right? And we call it programs. We call it bidding. We call it however you want to, to call it. It's, it's just knocking calendars down, you know, if you have a release date, you know, if you have a release date. So we become institutionalized in that, you know, that rhythm, that that heartbeat. And and when that heartbeat becomes erratic, it displaces us, you know. And I'll get into that further on down in the list. But it's understanding that this individual that you were dating, that is coming home from this institution, is institutionalized. And understanding exactly what that means and how you can comfort that institutionalization. It's not, it's not anything that's going to go away anytime soon. Again, this is a decade or more, you know, so it's not anything that's going to go away anytime soon, but it's understanding the mechanisms, right, of how institutionalization works. And, and, and the comfort that it brings us returning home, that, that need for uh, a design, in a sense.
0: institutionalization
1: uh it, it it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing again if it's recognized and it's it's adhered to in, in a in a proper manner it can be used as a tool because again this is an this is this is an inmate this is a convict who who was running his own program inside right he was running his own program and he, he did it for years. This is how he burned calendars. And he was successful doing it. You know, and if he came home in one piece without being stabbed, um, sexually molested or, or anything of that fashion, then he did his prison time successfully. You know, especially if he wants to come home and be a pillar of his community now. So doesn't change the fact he could come home, still be, she could come home, still be a pillar of the communication. They're still institutionalized. You know, it doesn't change the fact that that institutionalization is still implemented in there, right? Again, and then it's a process. So it's just understanding, trying to set structure, trying to to set boundaries, right? Because we have boundaries. And when we're coming home from prison, those boundaries are now expanded tenfold, you know, depending if we're on paper, house arrest, or completely free. You know, sets the determination of where those boundaries lie at, but it um. Th- there has to be some sort of of structure there to make us feel comfortable and confident. Institutionalized. Number five, number four,
0: right? Get a sip of my good old my good old coffee. Get out of here, man. Get out of here. Nobody invited you on the show. Better at it, huh? Ah, some good old Joe. Good Joe. Number four.
1: Selfishness. Selfishness plays a big part, and it's understanding the selfishness. It doesn't doesn't mean that we're selfish coming home. That we're selfish individuals because a lot of us are are are, are so humble. And by the time we make it to the door, where we've We've really became humble individuals. But the selfishness that I'm speaking of is, is understanding that this individual has spent a great many years only protecting themselves, only concerned about themselves, um, only living for themselves, only taking care of themselves, their responsibilities were for themselves. Now, there's there are many many people many people who are incarcerated who still delegate responsibilities to the streets and and have responsibilities that they take care of on the street as well and um again we do what we can but at the end of the day we have a very selfish mindset coming out of prison one we've been incarcerated for a very long time and we want to it's it's just letting a bull out of the pen you know essentially and and uh there's there's many things that we just want to experience again. If we've been gone longer than a decade, ten years or more, we've missed out on a lot. So we're going to be very selfish in our mindset of of things that we want to do, and it's, it doesn't m- mean no harm, you know. But we're we're almost childlike, you know. It's it's almost like a childlike state, and and allowing a child back into the candy store that they've already experienced once, but you told can't go there for. Many, many, many months, you know. And and what makes it so bad is how prisons are designed and built. They're right in the community. So you could look out the window and see freedom. You know, now just just picture that kid just sitting there looking at that candy store for all those months knowing he can't go in. It's the same thing, you know. We get out of prison, we become children. We want to run amok, you know. And, and this is, again, a, a lot of... Uh, what i'm trying to to help as well you know recidivism is is out out of the gate almost 77% of individuals that come home from prison are returning back to prison within the first 5 years you know 55% of those return within the first year and 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 it is my duty knowing what i know to come on and use social media and this platform to try to raise awareness as to why that number is so high, I understand, I get it. I'm living through it, so I'm 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 opening myself uh, for public eye and public opinion, public view, so that they can understand what we have to go through coming home. You know what we have to co- do. You know go through coming home. Doing that long of a of a sentence and coming home by yourself. Is a, is a tough enough task. Re-entering back into society by yourself is a tough enough task. And when you enter into the realm of relationships and you're trying to add that into the mix as well, it makes things tough, right? And a lot of reasons why individuals go back to prison is because of failed relationships, toxic relationships, relationships that they get into coming out of prison, right? The lustfulness of it, Again, the selfishness of it, the institutionalization of it, you know, it's just the mindset that we have coming out of prison, we put ourselves in toxic situations that could land us right back into prison. Because no matter who is at fault, this person could be inciting you, inciting you, inciting you until finally you do that one thing. But when that probation officer comes, the police come or whoever comes. Whose side are they going to take? So these are the things. Number four is the selfishness. Understanding that this individual has a selfish mindset. Again, it's not selfishness and a bad thing. It's just that that is the mindset because this individual has been taking care of themselves for a very long time. So it's just, it's going to be that me first mentality, right? That every decision is going to be about me going to be me first mentality. Even if we try not to be, when it comes to decision making and and things of that nature, we're just going to do it, right? Because that's just what we've been doing. Number three. Number three is a big one for me, man. Especially going on today, me being out six years, number three is a very, very, very big one for me. I see it happen a lot. It goes on with a lot of returning citizens because, again, we in the community do not understand what a prisoner has went through. We don't believe it. We think that the person's just making it up. We see the movies in Hollywood. We we hear about these things, but it's just for whatever reason, it's just not connecting, right? And all of this leads into number three: misrepresentation. Misrepresentation. There's there's Very few triggers for me, but being misrepresented is a very big trigger for me because people are passing judgment upon me, right, in in a misrepresentation because they see it as one way without even truly understanding what lies beneath what they're seeing. They just see something and they conclude it to be one way. And 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 that and that is based upon societal experience, not prison experience. So, I I thought long and hard of how I could really truly get out misrepresentation, you know. And the biggest thing for me, I, I put a post out on Facebook, you know, about uh, uh, several hours ago of me eating a slice of pizza, right. And I, and I put the caption that people say I need to, to smile more or, or not look so angry all the time. Think, this is something that I have heard consistently since I've been home. You know, I need to smile more. You know, you, you you look angry all the time. Why are you so mad looking? And I've heard this from my daughter. I've heard it, you know, from almost every one of my family members. People that I've I've seen on the street, things of that nature, because their perception of me to them is a demeanor of angry. This is this is I guess I represent the the demeanor of an angry person to them from societal means, because they don't understand truly the depth of of, of what prison does to to not only to the body physically, mentally. But just spiritually, emotionally, every aspect, right? It it changes you. It it makes you serious. You know, this this is a serious environment, and it's it's just not about playtime anymore. And and you understand that once that line is crossed, right? I mean, this this is this is scripture. You know, you cannot unknow what you know. Once you have been privy enough to see something, you cannot unsee it. So once you know of the danger that lurks there, right? You would have to be completely just a, a an, an unempath unempathetic, right? Sadistic soul of a human being to not try to contribute to changing these atrocities that you know that that are there. You know, once you have been open to that, you just cannot. At least I can. I just cannot sit sit back and not do anything or say anything, knowing that this evil exists, you know. Some some may, some, some may not, but I just can't. So a lot of that seriousness of course comes into me. I, I'm not big on TV and sports and football and stuff like that anymore. There's too much going on around me. There's too much going on in life. You know, and it's it's not that I'm angry. It's not that I'm I'm serious, you know, it's just that I'm determined. I'm focused. You know, I'm focused and and it's there's not too much really other that that's important to me at this this juncture in my life, you know, is other than than getting out what is going on behind closed doors that we the people not only do we not know about but obviously really don't even too much care about. And I'm trying to get we the people to understand the importance behind that, you know, because we're gonna lose what we have. There's no question about it. That's the path that we're on. You know, we're we're on to a, a compliant pathway where they just want us to just be, sit down and 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 be told what to do. That is what these people are trying to do. So
0: when people say that I'm angry, you know, I'm again um
1: I've been through a lot, you know, and it's not to say that I'm angry, but it's to say that I don't trust people. You know, I've learned in my life that people have said and will say a lot of things. When you sit down and you and you truly just don't say a word for one day, just go on a silent break. Just say today, you know, I'm fasting. Taking a speech fast. I'm not speaking all day. Write notes, text, whatever it is, you know, but don't get into it because the whole point of it is to be one with thought. But when you do this, you're conscious to how many words are around you at all times being said. People are just constantly talking and they're not even privy, they're they're not even realizing their words. They don't even realize the words that they're using and the impact that it has on people. Hey, Angie, what's going on? You know, it, the, the impact that it has on people, you know. So once we understand the impact that our words have on people, at least for me, I'm very careful with them as much as I possibly can be. And I can be sharp because I know the truth hurts, but I'm not going to dance around the truth anymore, you know. I would rather, if it's going to sting, I would rather just sting and get it over with and pray that this human being has enough care and love for me to understand where I'm coming from. I just come from a place of care because I want all of us, right? I want all of us to be happy and healthy and just get along with each other, you know, this this utopia. People tell me all the time I'm crazy, it's not going to happen, but does that mean you don't try, you know? so. Number three, misrepresentation. Right? Don't misrepresentate the person because of your perception of how you think they are. You know, don't keep asking the person, are they okay? Are they okay? Are they okay? You know, let them guide, let them lead. You know, they'll they'll talk, we'll talk. If I'm not feeling okay and I trust you like we're partners, I'm gonna let you know, man, I'm I'm not right. You know, but Somebody that keeps asking me all the time, "Man, you okay? Man, you okay? You look, you look mad." What you mean I look mad, man? You know what does that mean? So misrepresentation, and then the worst part is when you the the biggest no-no, the biggest trigger about it is don't go and tell somebody else your perception of what this person is. Don't go and tell somebody else This person is angry like this. This person came home angry. He's angry all the time. You know, that is the type of misrepresentation that one will not only land me back in jail. You run around telling everybody I'm angry all the time and and some pops up. Oh, what what time is shit? He's angry all the damn time. He must have done it. He just came home to. Stop it. It's about communication. It's about understanding that you see something a certain way and just trying to understand that that is your way of seeing it. That doesn't make it a reality. One of the biggest mistakes that we have coming out is is misrepresentation. We're misrepresented all the time, you know, so just don't look at my demeanor and, and come to your own conclusions. Talk it out with me, you know, ask me, you know. Moving on to
0: number two, these are the biggies now. The biggies. Number two, understanding mental health. Mental health is
1: very, very big for me. Again, this is the premise of why I created everything that I did and have going on is to bring uh, awareness to the mental health aspect of what this prison industrial complex does to the human brain. Again, physically, mentally spiritually. The whole thing is, is designed to attack us on all fronts, and it does that strategically and masterfully. They've been tweaking it for, for many, many years now. Mental health. Understanding the type of PTSD that is coming out of prison. It's not, it's not this casual, standard PTSD that we're hearing on, on TV and, and stuff all the time. It's not your corporate PS you know, PTSD from your boss putting all this pressure on you and all this stuff. It's not PTSD from a car wreck or any other type of traumatic effect like that. The PTSD that I am trying to to get people to to understand, um I, I compare it to wartime. You know, I compare it to wartime. I compare it to to an individual to a soldier on the front lines, right? Um it's it's similar because although a lot of individuals may go through their incarceration without having a, a hair on their body harmed it doesn't mean that they're not they're not still under that that pressure right of knowing that anything can happen to you at any moment any corner that you walk around could be the last corner that you walk around because you could have upset somebody And you don't even know it. You know? Maybe somebody again misperceived, misrepresented your your body language in some kind of way. Maybe somebody just wants your booty and thinks that you're weak enough to take it, you know? So these things do occur. They do occur. And you have to be on guard of that twenty four seven, right? Depending on your institution. This is why we're always trying to get the lesser security institutions. So We don't have to be so on guard. But when you're in a maximum security prison, you're, you're, hmm, boy, let me tell you, you're on guard, you know, you're, you're, you have to go shower with somebody. And what that means is that you have a very close homeboy that you know, you know, is going to stand outside of that shower and keep his eyes peeled while you're in that shower and then vice versa, you know, this is your shower mate. You don't take a shower unless that dude is around. You know, that's that's just how it goes. You get up first thing in the morning, as soon as you hear that door unlock, you get up, you put your boots on, strap up, you know. If if you're carrying dirty, you put your shank on you, you 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 just get you get ready. And that is life. It's life. It's gladiator school. That's that's these maximum security prisons that we're in. Doesn't matter if you go in. Five years. You could have a sentence of five years. If you have a violent charge or you have violent history, you very well possibly end up in a maximum security prison at a very young age. And let me tell you, that is a tough world, It's a tough world to get thrown into, man, you know. So the, so it's understanding the PTSD that comes out of that, you know, the, the just the, the constant pressure of not knowing what's around each corner not knowing that when you get back to the dorm and if you're in cells opening up your cell door you know who's in your cell it's it's just around every step every corner that you're taking in prison you're aware you're aware of your surroundings you know and again it it just all depends if you're a gang member and you're within a gang you 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 may be able to be a little more relaxed you know but, like, me as an independent and somebody who didn't join gangs, who didn't get involved in running to people for protection, right? I just stood my ground and, and put everything that I had in, in knowing that I was a man on my walk, you know? Um, you have to be ready. Physically, I worked out every day, had my body right, ready to go at any time, and, I, and, and that was just what it was. There was no hesitation you had to let these people know that you were there. When they came and they asked you, man, listen man, we need this dude taken care of. Your numbers up. No hesitation. I got it. Let's let's map it out. And and you have to follow through. And once you start once you start showing that you're that type of individual, word spreads around quickly. You know, but the trauma that resides and comes out of that, right? It is again it sticks with you for the rest of your life. These aren't things that we can come home and people just tell us, well, you just need to let that go. Just need to forget about that. Like, man, that is one of the worst things that you can say to somebody coming home. That is absolutely one of the worst things that you can say to somebody that that is coming home, that has been gone longer. That's that person's right to say that nobody else, because that's their experience. Nobody else has the right to tell that man or woman to let go of an experience like that again it's it's like going and telling somebody, "Get over slavery, get over the holocaust that was that was you know so understanding the PTSD, understanding what that means right in that individual, the anxiety, the trauma, the hopelessness, all of that rooted into that PTSD. This is an individual that's coming home and even though that he may, she may know how to put on that confident mask, that PTSD, if they've been in a, in a medium or, or high security prison, there is post-traumatic stress disorder there. There's no question. There's anxiety, there's fear, there's all of these things. Some of my biggest triggers coming up behind me to this day I cannot have people behind me at close range when I go in I sit down in restaurants I'm angling myself right to where I can see make sure nobody comes behind me I'm 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 doing a field check I'm scanning the field right to see just anything I mean this is just this is just what I do if I go into a 711 I have to see everybody's face I have to know who's in the store with me I have to position myself Certain ways, certain angles. This is just what I do because I have been in the middle of human beings killing each other, shoulder to shoulder, not knowing where it was coming from. I mean, that is what a riot is. It just pops off. It goes. It's ugly, and and it 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 uh, you know, it it messes with you. You know, it messes with you. So. It's understanding that type of trauma within that individual and, and not setting that off and not putting this individual in any kind of situation that would trigger that type of anxiety, right? Um, surprise parties are some of the worst things that you can do. We're, we're, we're not looking for surprise parties, you know, if, if it's maybe a few individuals Right. But if we've been gone longer than 10 years, relationships have changed. Things have changed. Right. We're not looking for surprise parties and we're not looking for people from our past to, to pop up, especially if these people haven't been riding with us. You know what I mean? So surprise parties, popping of balloons, um, any. Anything that would catch us off guard. Would instantly trigger me. It would trigger my 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 anxiety. It would trigger my anger. You know what I mean? And and um because I did not like being caught off guard because it scared me. It scared me to the point to where I'm I'm ready. I don't know what's going on. You know, and, and again, that is another factor of of the anxiety as well as not knowing. Cue this person in on what's going on, let him, let them know. You know, let her, him, let them know what's going on. Don't keep them out of the loop. Keep them informed and understand that all of this is very overwhelming. When I came home, just me processing everything, just me processing everything around and what was going on was exhausting for me. You know, we're out here in the mix every day. We're used to it. For an inmate coming home after that long bid, you have to remember they've been in a building. They've been on one piece of property for who knows how long. It's not very stimulating. So when you come over that you know, when you come out, this this over-stimulization of everything is, is exhausting, right? It's very exhausting, and we can very easily become grumpy, miserable, and just want to get away from people you know, and, and then that can just shed a light on people. People get emotional. Oh, he's mad at me and all this stuff, you know, especially when you add in alcohol and all that mix. So it's really understanding the mental health and understanding how it applies to this particular individual that you are bringing either into your home or, or getting ready to have intimacy with, you know, understanding that that mental health aspect of it. Last but not least, Last but not least, number one, and you guys should know it, you guys should know it because I haven't talked about it yet. So if you don't know it yet, this is the number one issue, the top five knows of dating somebody coming home longer than a decade in prison. You have to understand we have trust issues. Number one. Number one, trust issues, trust issues. And that's not just something that we can just get over, right? We cannot just get over our trust issues because nine times out of 10, this individual that has been spending a long time in prison either did something very serious or has just had a lifetime of of mishaps, you know, and built up a criminal record and they sentenced them under that, you know, but either way there has been trust issues with this individual probably for most of their life. And it's just not going to change by them coming home, no matter how much they think that they've changed, right? All we've done is just become more reclusive and trust less people, which again, going back into the institutionalization allows us to put a a, a border, right? A border around a certain few people then that's all we need again because in prison we don't need much to survive and it's the same out here we do not need much to survive so we'll we'll create that small little border of people that we know that we can trust and and stay within that trust is the number one paramount issue and it, and and it's going to break apart families right and it's going to break apart relationships because this is a fragile state of time that we're in people are so damn fragile and and they always want to think that something is their fault so just because i don't trust you because of my life's experiences does not mean that you are an untrusting person that is what you have to understand you have to be confident and rooted in self to know right you have to be confident and rooted in self to know that you are a trusting person this is why you're still with them because you're a trusting person. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be very, very hard. One of the biggest issues that I have is allowing anybody to get too close to me because my life's history and experiences has shown that when I allow people to get close to me, things just go chaotic. So I am in no rush. You know what I mean? so it's it's just understanding that for for whatever reason i <clears throat> after about 3 months 4 months i just i don't know i somehow some way just start pushing away i start becoming cold i i start becoming distant you know because um many reasons many many reasons i don't want to Hurt anybody else, you know. I don't want to hurt anybody else anymore. Um, I don't want to be hurt anymore. You know, I've had enough. Enough is enough. I tap out, you know. And it's just really now just trying to find peace and calmness. And the thing about that is, is that I did that in prison. I found peace and calmness within myself. And that is how I handled my time. And that's how I, I I, smooth sailed on out of there. You know what I mean? Was within that peace and calmness. So I'm okay by myself. And I can find that peace and calmness within myself. Right? So it's it's understanding that trust issue. How rooted it is. It has nothing to do with you unless you know that you're doing things to cause mistrust. but you know, it's, it's, I'm specifically talking about the men and the women who know that they haven't done anything wrong, and that their partners are still not trusting them. You just have to understand that we have been abandoned, we have been neglected, we have been lied to, we've been duped, you know, all of these things have occurred to us probably continuously, you know, and a lot of it probably came from our own family. So it's just understanding that It will take a long, long time for individuals to begin to trust. And if you know that you're a trusting person, again, you have the confidence within you, you know that you're a trusting person, then you just battle it out. You've made it this far. You know what I mean? You made it this far. So, the number one issue, man, with all of us coming out doing longer than 10 years or more is trust. We don't trust nobody. I don't trust. No damn body. I really don't. And people are showing me more and more each day why I don't trust them. But that's just me. That's just me. You know, that's just me. That's about all I got for you guys, man. The top five list is very, very important. If you guys follow this, you know, whether you're male or female or like I say, anywhere in between. You follow these things and you understand that it's not you. It's not you, it's just this person dealing with emotions, change, evolving reentry, all of these issues. It all stems up under this this package of this this p t s d that is now just starting to be understood and studied it needs to be categorized under its own under its own category but um if you guys have any issues with relationships or you have somebody that is coming home, please reach out to me. I am a certified life coach. I can walk you guys through this, right? I'm, I'm forming a little marriage counseling for reentry type of entry uh, type of gig, you know? So please feel free to reach out to me. You can email me. Um, email's up on the screen. And I just wish everybody the best, man. I wish you guys the best. Just be conscious of these five things and be conscious not to trigger, you know. And you just have to be the more patient person because we're just dealing with a lot of stuff, man. Dealing with a lot of stuff. So, to those affected by Hurricane Ian, I wish you many blessings, many prayers going out to you. We're out here helping, we're gathering clothes, we're taking donations. Please, again, go to www.cominghomecoalition.com to the activities page, I believe, what it's called, the activities page to see what we got going on and how you could donate. If you do want your name up on this wall behind me, please reach out to me. Or if you want to shout out your business, you want to shout anything out, please let me know. We can get on that. Other than that, you guys be safe. Take it easy, man. Stay out of your emotions, please. Think critically, not emotionally. And let's stop sending our men and women to prison. Let's stop breaking our homes up and just be your best self. Have patience. Be self-aware. First and foremost, just be self-aware. If you know that you're emotional and that you cannot handle your emotions, please just get away from whatever situation you're in. It's not that important. Just get away from the situation. I just watched a video of, of these chicks fighting on a cruise ship. You know what I mean? I mean, come on, man. Like, we have to stop this stuff. These people are waiting in the, in the clutches to snatch us up and give us felony convictions, man. And you're fighting on a cruise ship? What you think they're going to do to you, man? Come on. This is what I'm talking about. You know, if you know that you cannot control your emotions, man, please, please do something about that, man. Thomas, free me. I'm out, man. Y'all,
0: take care of yourself.